0: It doesn't feel like Christmas for me until we do this CA song. So I think you know it. Let's sing together. Here we go. This is what Christmas means to me. I have eternal life. This is what Christmas means to me. Oh, cause a savior was born on Christmas Day. One more time, born to take my sin, take them all away. He came to earth one starry night. Now, all I want to do is, cause a savior, the savior was born on Christmas Day. To take my sins, take them all, can Came to earth while the am starry...
1: Oh, good morning, Christian Assembly. My name is Jill. I'm one of the community life pastors here. It's great to be with you this morning. If you are new or visiting, we want to extend a very special welcome. Maybe a friend invited you. Maybe you found us online, but we are so, so glad that you are with us this morning. We have a new people's table in the lobby with a free welcome gift. And we also have a connection card in your seat backs. You can fill that out as a way of letting us know that you're new and drop that in the offering bags when they come around in just a moment. And one of our pastors would love to follow up with you. And we also want to welcome anyone who's joining us online this weekend. Well, I have a few announcements for us today. First, you guys, we are already planning and getting excited for our upcoming Christmas Candlelight Celebration Services. We'll have services happening on Saturday, December 23rd, as well as Sunday, December 24th. Services will meet here in our South Sanctuary, as well as across the street in our North Sanctuary. And on both sides of the street, we will have live teaching and live worship. We also invite your kids to come and join us at Kids Church at all of those service times. We will have a special Kids Church program, so we invite kids birth through fifth grade to join us for a sweet KC Christmas. Uh, One of the things we do just to help us on the planning side of things is we have an RSVP card. If you have not yet filled one of these out, you can grab this from your seat back. This is not a ticket. This just helps us on the planning side of things. So if you haven't yet filled one out, please grab one. Take a moment to fill that out. You can let us know which service time you plan to attend and how many guests might be joining you. And then you can also use that to let us know if you'd like to volunteer with our welcome or kids church teams for the weekend of Christmas. So you can drop those in the offering bag when they come around in just a moment. Ladies, one of the things we are most excited for next year in 2024 is our upcoming women's retreat happening on the weekend of March 8th through the 10th. As you know, retreats are a great way to get away from the busyness of life in Los Angeles and spend time connecting with one another as well as just creating intentional space to connect with God. And so ladies, we would love for you to join us. We have 400 spots available and we already have over 200 women signed up to join us. So if you have not yet signed up, Don't wait, you can grab more information and you can register for Women's Retreat on our website. And then lastly, we wanna let you know about a class that we are hosting starting in January called Perspectives. This is a 16 week discipleship program. It is rooted in God's word and it's really geared to help believers understand the unique opportunity we have to partner with God in his global purposes. So it's gonna meet for 16 weeks starting in January. The classes will be led by missional leaders with experience all over the world. It meets on Monday nights from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. The cost is $240, and if you are age 25 or younger and a scholarship would be helpful, we do have some limited scholarships available. So to find information on any of those opportunities, you can check out your bulletin or our website. Well, now's the time in our service where we get to continue in our worship through the giving of tithes and offerings. Second Corinthians nine fifteen tells us, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And so even as we prepare our hearts to give back to God, may we do so with hearts of gratitude, thanking God for all that he has done for us through Jesus Christ. In just a moment, we'll pass the offering bags. As always, you can give online through our Christian Assembly LA app or on our website. If you're new or visiting, please feel no obligation to give and to our Christian Assembly Church family, thank you, thank you, thank you for your ongoing giving and generosity. Would you join me as we pray together? Father God, we do thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for every good gift that you have put in our lives, God. Lord, thank you that even if we come in a hard season or a season of grief or loss, God, That you are still the God who is with us and that you still have good things planned and that your word promises to work all things together for good for those who love you, Jesus. God, would you be with us as we prepare to give our tithes and our offerings? Would you make us people who are generous, Lord, with the finances you've given us? And God, we also pray for our upcoming Christmas candlelight services. We pray that you would be at the center of those, that you would be glorified. And God, we pray for all those from Christian Assembly who will come, but we also pray for all those visitors and guests and new people and people who find us online or get invited. And God, we pray that you would bring people to saving faith in you through our Christmas services through this entire season, Lord. So God, we love you. We pray all this in your great name, Jesus. Amen. The ushers can come forward.
2: Hi friends at Christian Assembly, I just want to take a minute to say a huge thank you to you for your generosity in helping us send the scriptures to Iranians. Uh, Last week I was at a baptism where about 60 Iranians were baptized and it was a glorious day. And what was so interesting was to hear so many of them talk about the moment they received their first copy of the scriptures, reading the Bible, changing their lives. Just a few days before that, I heard a wonderful story of a lady who was a beautician in Iran, who was in a very promiscuous lifestyle. Uh, She, uh, the pain that that brought her was very, very deep. Eventually she got married, difficult marriage. But then she said, one of my friends had become a Christian and gave me a New Testament. She said, I took that New Testament and read it for 10 days. She gave her life to Christ. She then started reaching out to others. Her whole family have come to Christ. Her husband has become a believer. She's now being trained as a leader, but she's discipled many other people. It's just one example of so many who've been deeply impacted by the word of God in Iran. Um, Every day, the scriptures are being distributed. People are coming to know Jesus, that the, Jesus is becoming the conversation all over the country. And it's partly because the word of God is got, getting into the hands of people. And uh, we're so thankful to you for your support, for your uh, prayers. And uh, as we come towards the end of this year, we just uh, just pray for those who've got uh, this passion and this determination to get the word of God out to hungry hearts in Iran. God bless you and thank you once again.
3: Hey, I want to welcome uh, all of you who are online. Maybe you're uh, first time finding us online. What an honor and a privilege to have you here with us. My name is Tom, whether you're finding us on YouTube or finding us on the app or through our website. Also want to welcome those of you on the north side of the street at 1115. What an honor and a privilege to have you here. And of course, everyone that is here as well in this room. What a joy to be together. If you're a visitor or guest, we're just so excited that you're here with us. I uh, want to catch you up because you might, if you are a visitor guest, be wondering what was that all about. A number of months ago, um, we gave $200,000 as a church family to uh, purchase 25,000 Farsi New Testaments. And those New Testaments are now uh, in the hands of leaders who are distributing it you know in Iran you have to do that underground it's illegal to do that because of the Islamic theocracy there and yet people are coming to Christ on a regular basis people are asking for copies of the scripture and so we're helping provide that really you you all are doing that and I want to thank you for that people are coming to Christ yes we can (laughs) apply God's good work people are coming to Christ and uh, and you know you, you might just kind of see headlines about Iran but when you see a headline about Iran I want you to remember that in Tehran, there are people that are sharing the gospel, churches are being planted, home churches are happening. I've met some of the leaders, I've, I've been with them, I've even trained some of them, um, and just want to encourage you, you are making a difference. Also want to let you know, a little kind of maybe preview update. I met um, Monday evening with our CA Council, and we set the 2024 uh, Christian Assembly budget. And as part of that... Um, our management team proposed five different kingdom projects that are above and beyond our normal blue bucket giving and all that's happening. And I just want you to know how excited I am about that. Um, I'll tell you more about it on December 23rd and 24th. But what I'll tell you now is that the five projects um, combined together totaled an additional $1.15 million on top of what our blue bucket giving is and those five projects are going to impact people who are experiencing homelessness right here in LA they're going to impact uh, students in California and kids in California so that they can hear the gospel they're going to impact university students on the other side of the world and in Ethiopia um, and clean water projects are going to be happening and the one other one I want to tell you about is that just one of the projects is the largest project we have ever done, not in terms of money, but in terms of scope and reach and impact. One project that I'll announce on December 23rd and 24th is gonna impact 55.2 million people over three days. It's gonna impact people from literally every single planet on Earth. And we're gonna do this for. Every single planet on earth. I messed that up last night too. Every single country on planet earth. Yay! Let me just tell you, when you say a lot of words for a living, it's hard to get them all right. So, But it's going to impact people from every single country on planet earth and I don't want you to miss this we're going to be able to do this for less than one penny per person jaw-dropping I I, it's amazing that we're getting to be part of the Great Commission in this way so that's all I'll tell you about that you have to come on December 23rd and 24th (laughs) to learn about that and uh, it will be great well church I do I want you to know how much I love you Those of you that are online, I pray for you every single day. Those of you on the north side of the street, those of you here, I pray for you every single day. Every single day, I carry you in my heart. Every single day, I'm asking the Lord for those of you that don't know Christ to come to know Him, those that do to grow in maturity, that you would grow in faith and hope and love, that you'd grow in unity, that God would give you fresh strength and courage, that He would heal you and he would heal your relationships that he would deepen your connection and commitment to Jesus Christ that you would experience all the goodness that he has for you and uh, my wife joins me Allison in praying those prayers as well and we love you church well today we kick off a three week series that I've entitled holy moments when God meets us right where we are and we're kicking off this series this weekend by asking this question how does God meet us when we're in a season of waiting? We're in this season that's called Advent, where we're waiting for the arrival of Jesus. And before Jesus came, there were thousands and and hundreds of years, prophecies had been made in advance of Jesus arriving, and people were waiting, and they were wondering, how long, O Lord, how long, O Lord? They were in a time of waiting. Waiting is not an easy thing for us to do. Can I get an amen on that? If you've ever driven in L.A., you know waiting's not easy. You know, people are honking at each other and cutting in. Consider something that is called the marshmallow test, and was an experiment that actually was done. I think they would outlaw this experiment today, but it was an experiment done in the late 1960s. A Stanford psychology professor would take four-year-olds and pull out a bag of marshmallows, not those mini marshmallows, the big, big fat, stay puff marshmallows, and take one out, and they would set it on a plate on a table right in front of the four-year-old. And then they would make a deal, and, and here was the deal that they made. They said, now listen, I'm going to go run an errand, and I'm going to leave this marshmallow on this plate right here in front of you, and you can have this marshmallow at any time you want. You can eat the marshmallow. But if you don't eat it, When I get back, I'm going to give you a second marshmallow. So you'll have two marshmallows if you can wait. But if you eat this one, then you're just getting one marshmallow. Do you understand? Then the little four-year-olds had to repeat it so that that they knew, the psychologists knew it got into their little four-year-old brains. And then the researcher would leave, and they had it videotaped, and they would leave the, the child alone in the room all by themselves with the marshmallow right in front of them, and they would leave them there for 15 minutes. Even for yeah, as adults, we're like, ah, a long time <laughs> to be left alone with a marshmallow. But imagine if you're a 4-year-old, you're just like, this is eternity, you know, and it was like some type of medieval torture for these little 4-year-olds, which is why I think they'd outlaw it today and the marshmallow test strained the very souls of these four-year-olds. As you watch the videos, they battle between impulse and restraint, desire and self-control, gratification and delay, waiting or not waiting. And some just stopped waiting and they ate the marshmallow. Some of you are like, yep, that's me. That's what I'd be doing. I just eat. But it was interesting because others, they developed these pretty ingenious strategies to coping with the torture of waiting for this larger reward. So some simply did this, they just covered their eyes. (laughs) You know, they didn't believe in object permanence. It's like, it's not there if I can't see it, right? Some, it was interesting, they talked to themselves. How many of you ever talked to yourself? Yeah, right, okay. Somebody said to me, I can't believe you talk to yourself. I was like, I can't believe you don't talk to yourself. So some talk to themselves and they have the recordings where it's like they're, they're trying to psych themselves up like don't eat it, don't eat it, like wait it out, don't eat it, they're, he'll give you a second one, they're gonna give you a second one. Interestingly, some began to just sing songs to distract themselves. Others, maybe this is the one I love the most, others of them, they got up from the chair and then they sat down and they sat on their hands. And maybe my favorite is one little boy, he picked it up and he smelled it. <laughs> and he actually licked the plate. <laughs> Not making this up. It's like he wanted to get as close as possible to it without, without giving in. Let me ask you, how well do you handle it when you need to wait? Specifically when you're waiting on God. How long, God, till that relationship is restored, till that family member is finally made hold? Till till the economic inflation crunch is over, till my loneliness is quenched with a significant relationship. How long till my hurt is healed, till my ache is silenced, till that struggle is over, till the habit or sin is broken? Till the world is free of terrorist attacks. How long, O Lord? How long till I'm different and better at loving people? How long? How long till I genuinely trust you, God? In a way that calms all my fears and relieves all my anxieties, as I love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, all my mind. How long, O Lord? How does God meet us in our times of waiting? We're going to consider that, but before we do, let's pray. So God, it's good to laugh together, and it's good to laugh at four-year-olds, and yet I see myself in those four-year-olds. Sometimes just being so tired of waiting that I just want to eat the marshmallows, sometimes sitting on my hands and covering my eyes and singing songs. Lord, I pray as we're in this season of Advent, which means arrival or coming, that you would prepare our hearts as we, as we prepare to meet you afresh this Christmas. Lord, I pray for those online, those at 1115 North, those gathered here, that as we open your word, would you speak to us? You're the same God, and we don't have to guess what you want to say. Lord, your word that's living and active, would you open our hearts and minds? I pray for the spiritually unconvinced and the spiritually convinced that you would bring us to the freedom and healing and wholeness you have for us. Do this today, even now through your word, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. On your way and hopefully you got a bulletin. If you did, you can flip it open to the center section and you'll see the teaching notes that are there. You'll also see the scriptures directly from the Bible that we'll be digging into as we go. If you want to learn how to meet God and how God meets us in our waiting, you need to look at how God meets some of the very first participants of the very first Christmas, particularly we're going to focus on a man named Simeon. We pick it up in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. It says this, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and he was righteous and devout. Now put a pin in that word devout. We'll come back to it and what it means. And he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now the first thing I want to draw out about how God meets us in our waiting is this, is that waiting isn't just a matter of getting what we're waiting for, it's a matter of the kind of person we become in the process. If you're like me, and you're waiting for something, it's like I just want to like fast forward time and get there, and get what I'm waiting for. But let me ask you, who are you becoming that can only happen through the slow, long seasons of waiting? We don't actually know how long he had been waiting, but it's clear he's been waiting a while. He's near the age of death. But notice how Simeon is described here. He's described as righteous and devout. Devout in Greek, if you break down the word, it means to get hold of the good. I've mentioned this before, but a number of months ago, I heard about an interview with an 80-year-old pastor, and some youth pastors were asking him. He had been used by God to do all sorts of great stuff. And they asked him, they said, what are you most proud of looking back over your life? And this was his answer. His answer was, I'm most proud that I didn't grow cynical as I grew older. Simeon has not become cynical or jaded by all the waiting. He chose to wait well on God. And waiting well on God means that we wait without getting bitter or walking away or demanding that God give us results in our timeline and in the ways that we would want it to unfold. And here's the thing, if you learn to wait well on God, something mysterious happens, your soul is built. You change. While you're waiting on God, God is building your character. He's helping you to get hold of the good. This Simeon who had become devout, holding on to the good with God's help, it's who we too can interact with this God who helps Simeon can help us to help us get hold of the good in our times of waiting as well and as Luke tells us that the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon and the Holy Spirit is available been poured out on the day of Pentecost by Christ by God and it's available to anyone who would want to come to Jesus Christ and ask the Father to give you the good gift of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit was with them, and that same Spirit is available to us today as we humbly draw near and seek to God in our waiting. Now let's go back to the marshmallow test just for a moment. What's amazing to me is that the marshmallow test revealed some things about the sort of people those kids would become. Because here's what happened, the researchers after doing the marshmallow test, they tracked down those kids as late adolescents and early 20-somethings, and and they they studied their lives, and here's what they found. Those kids as four-year-olds that were able to wait, they grew up to become more socially competent. They were better able to cope with the frustrations in life. They were able to become less rattled under pressure and stress in life. They even had better SAT scores and healthier physical weight. The four-year-olds who couldn't wait, grew up to be more stubborn, more indecisive, to regress and become immobilized under pressure or stress, to be resentful about not getting enough, to have a, an attitude of entitlement, feeling like everybody owes me right now, and they were more prone to jealousy and envy, and they had higher blood pressure. In other words, like Simeon, we would each do well to learn to wait and wait well with God's help in our seasons of waiting. The second thing I would say is this, is that in your season of waiting, ask God for a promise while you wait. Simeon isn't just waiting on God. He is waiting with a promise from God. And that makes a huge difference. It's been revealed to him that he would not die until he's seen the Lord's Messiah. I love the way that Søren Korkogard uh, put it. He's a 19th century Danish theologian. He once remarked and said this, a man prayed and at first he thought that prayer was only talking, but he became more and more quiet until the end. He realized that prayer is also listening. God can speak about our unique situations through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit never says anything that is contradictory to God's written word because God does not change. My dad, when he was living, three different times in his life, he had cancer. And the second time that he had cancer, things did not look very good. They looked pretty bleak. And I asked my dad, I said, Dad, you seem pretty calm. Tell me about that. And he said, well, I asked the man upstairs. That's how he referred to God, the man upstairs. I asked the man upstairs if it was my time to come be with him. And I think he's told me that it's not my time yet. So I don't think it's my time yet, even though things look pretty bleak right now. And my dad correctly heard from the Lord because he was healed of that cancer, and he lived for a number of additional years. You see, my dad was not just waiting. He was waiting with a word from God. Simeon was not just waiting. He's waiting with a word from God. If you are in a season of waiting, and I would say so many of us are, regardless, you might not be waiting in every area of your life, but most of us have at least one area where we're waiting. I want to encourage you to speak to God and ask God to speak to you from His Word. Waiting is never easy, but waiting with a promise from God is a whole different story. Brings us to the third thing, which is this. is I want to encourage you to trust that God is working while we are waiting. So Simeon has a word that he will not die until he sees the Lord's Messiah. And he's choosing to take hold of the good by growing in devotion and righteousness to God. God is working in Simeon. But God is not just working in Simeon. He's not just building his soul. He's not just building his character. God is also, particularly toward the end of his waiting, working in ways that Simeon doesn't even know about, doesn't even understand, even as they're happening. Stuff is happening before Simeon meets Jesus that Simeon didn't even know was occurring while he's sang, How long, O Lord? In a not-too-distant town? Forty days before Simeon meets Jesus, angels are singing, and the shepherds are, are going to look for this baby Jesus, and all of this is occurring in Bethlehem, while several miles away in Jerusalem... Simeon is just waiting not knowing how God is actively working in this moment in a way that's going to bring the two together let me ask you and you're waiting how might God be working in ways that you don't even know about but one day you will if you're a new follower of Jesus Christ one of the things I want to encourage you with is when you're waiting on God the first few times that happens you're like I don't know where God is I don't know why isn't he doing anything like kind of I I don't understand why I'm not like what's going on what I've realized after all my years of following Jesus is that I have a lot of those times in my life as well but what helps me is that I look back and I have a track record where it's like I didn't know what God was doing back then I didn't know why like what's taking so long God and then a year later a month later a week later it's like okay now I can understand and see I can't always see in the moment But God often shows me, like, here's what I was doing. Here's why it was taking a while. Here's how I was pulling all these threads together for your good, because God's will is good and perfect and pleasing and right and true. How might you be waiting right now, and you don't know how God's working, but one day you will? Forty days after Mary gives birth to Jesus, they were commanded by the Word of God through the law of Moses to make a purification offering. We pick up the story in Luke chapter 2, verse 22. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of Christ, after the birth of Jesus. So his parents, Mary and Joseph, took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So do you see here how God is ordering Mary and Joseph's steps to fulfill the word that he had given through the Mosaic law, but also the the specific word he had given to Simeon, that Simeon would see the Lord's Messiah before he he died. And Simeon didn't miss the moment because he didn't become jaded and cynical in all the waiting. Simeon has taken and and kept a, a humble posture, an active posture in his waiting. He hasn't thrown up his hands in disgust and quit waiting on God. He's like, God, I'm I'm not not waiting anymore for that second marshmallow. Simeon has kept and cultivated a posture of waiting, trusting even when the years rolled on without so much as a glimmer of that second marshmallow, he kept looking for the Messiah. He kept trusting that God would bring the Messiah to cross paths with Simeon and God's timing. He kept praying and waiting that God would help him hold on and wait maybe even he prayed for God to speed it up like God hurry it up like I'm getting older here like I like could you bring this to resolution but he never gave up on God and he never gave up on God's word and his waiting no matter how long the waiting took he kept going to the temple he kept scanning the crowds he kept looking at the children that were being dedicated back to God and he kept asking is it him is it him is that the one is that, little baby, is that little baby boy the one? Is it him? And all of that is why we even run into Simeon in the Christmas story at all. He waited well on God and so can we. So with that certain thing that you're waiting for right now that's causing you heartache, would you wait well on God and with God for it? Would you not give up and become cynical or jaded or becoming bitter because... I want to encourage you today, church, that God loves you, and His timing is perfect, and He knows exactly what you need, and He knows exactly when you need it. Would you trust and pray and obey God until He brings resolution? Would you intentionally take the same type of active, humble posture that Simeon took in waiting for God? I'll tell you that if you will, it will determine the type of person you will become. And you won't miss out on taking hold of the good that God has for you. So God now has led Mary and Joseph with 40-day-old Jesus to the temple. And then something else happens that same day. It says this in verse 27 of Luke chapter 2. That day... The same day that Mary and Joseph were led to the temple. That day, the Spirit led Simeon to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He didn't miss his moment. He took the child into his arm and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people. The the good news is for all people. He's the light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people Israel. Having been devout in his character and his spirit, taking hold of the good in in times of obedience and worship and prayer and and, and righteous living and waiting, Simeon now literally, physically, takes hold of the greatest good he could ever grab hold of, which is Jesus Christ. And Baby Jesus is gathered into Simeon's arms and I want to ask you now, is Simeon's waiting over? And I think the answer to that is is sort of. On one level, Simeon's waiting is over because he's now seen Jesus who was sent from God, who God had promised to show him as the consolation of Israel. But why was Simeon even waiting for that? Because on a deeper level, Simeon was waiting for God to actually console and eradicate the heartache that he had between how things should be and what he was actually experiencing them to be in life in this fallen world and we all experienced that gap Here, here's how i think it should be and here's how it is and simeon was waiting for god to make everything right everything that had gone wrong in our in our from our sin from the world's evil from our evil from from our own lack of trust in god And when Simeon sees Jesus come at Christmas, his waiting is relieved because Jesus has hit the scene. But his waiting isn't totally resolved because Jesus hasn't yet completed the work of rescuing and consoling him and the rest of Israel. So Simeon's waiting is relieved, but it's not resolved. And and I don't want you to miss the power of whenever your waiting is relieved. Think about it this way. Have you ever gotten a mosquito bite? I'm assuming you've all gotten a mosquito bite. And what do you do with a mosquito bite? Now, for those of you that are doctors, you don't have to send me the email. I know we're not supposed to scratch them. I understand. We're supposed to put anti-itch cortisone cream on them and they'll resolve more quickly. But for the 99.999999999% of the rest of us, we scratch them. That's what we do. We scratch the itch while we're waiting for the, the mosquito bite to resolve. And that's a little bit what happens with us with Christ coming at Christmas he meets us in our waiting and scratches the itch that we have in our waiting so we can hold on by faith to God to fully resolve our waiting we might be waiting for our loneliness to abate through a deep connection with someone a healed connection with someone and Christ comes at Christmas to give us a relationship with God with bonds that are so deep that they run eternal And that serves to relieve those aches until God resolves them, which might only fully happen in eternity when we experience the perfect community of God's people gathered from every tribe, tongue, and nation throughout the ages, gathered together as one. We might be waiting for a habit or a cycle of addiction or sin in our life to be broken, and we keep trying, but maybe we keep falling back two steps forward, one step back, but Christ comes at Christmas to give us forgiveness of our sin, enabling us to have fresh strength, to continue, to keep working, to keep growing, to keep struggle, struggling to break that cycle, and that serves to console us in the midst of the habits and sin we wrestle with, until God resolves them by power washing us in heaven and our world when He remakes us. We might be waiting for peace, a world without terrorists and bombs and conflict and war, but but Christ comes at Christmas to give us peace with God that that forms the basis of our peace with one another relationally, and also invites and calls us to be just peacemakers in our fallen world right now as well. And that sets to relieve the ache for peace until God fully resolves it, which will only be fully resolved in eternity on the new heaven and the new earth when he irresistibly takes control to bring peace. And it's that perspective and that faith we need to take in our waiting so that we can wait well on that second marshmallow of His when He comes a second time. Not as a baby in a manger, but He comes as the risen and reigning Lord to make all things right and make all things new. This is what He says in Revelation 21.5, and the one who is seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Look at how Simeon rounds out this encounter with Joseph and Mary. In verse 33 of Luke 2, Jesus' parents were amazed at what had been said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him, and as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul. Mary Simeon gives them new information that they never knew and the angels fail, failed to be clear about in the initial information they received that their baby boy Jesus would be a point of contention not universal acceptance Jesus Simeon says would be a dividing point of people before God and based how people would re- would respond to Christ either in faith or in rejection, their true colors with God would come shining through. And in that sense, some would rise to be with God, as Simeon indicates, while others would fall away and they would choose to separate themselves from God and His presence. Simeon's giving the, the very first hint that this baby that they're dedicating to God's t- purposes at the temple, it's not just some type of religious ritual. It's actually a prophecy that he's fully dedicated even going to the cross to die for us and to pay for our sin. At the cross, Jesus Christ would bear the poison of the itch of ours in the worlds not the bite of a mosquito, but the bite of sin and death. And He would die there at the cross to rid us of that. Will we trust God by embracing what His Son has done to bring us to Himself? Who answers our waiting in His own time? Or will we trust ourselves to do it all on our own and power up and conjure up what we're waiting for that pangs us with heartache? How we will respond in our waiting determines whether we will rise to be with God Himself and eventually have our itch and our waiting resolved, or whether we will fall away and fail to find the source of the resolution thinking we can do it on our own. And if you're thinking you can do it on your own, let me just say, If we could have done it on our own, we would have done it by now. We can experience relief now by faith in Christ and what He's done at the cross and the resurrection, which He was destined for, is why He came as baby at Christmas. We can be assured even of God's final and eternal resolution, because if God sent His Son to die for our relief, then won't he also fully do all that he's promised in his second coming? Like Simeon, we can look to Christ in faith. We can embrace him by asking him into our life to forgive us and to lead us and to comfort us. You can rest your heart in him by faith and you're waiting, because you know that He has died to give you and a relationship of acceptance with God, forgiveness from sin, freedom from guilt, and a life justified before God. That's God's relief for us now. And it's the down payment on the eternal assurance of the extent that He'll go to to one day resolving what we're waiting for, when He gives us that second marshmallow of His that He promised, when He comes again to make all things new. Since Christ has come at Christmas to relieve us and be with us in our waiting, we can wait well on God for that second marshmallow of His when He comes again to wipe every tear and make all things new for us, for our salvation, for His glory, And for our good, let's pray. Before we close our time, I just want to leave a space for you to connect with God based off of what we just heard. Between you and God right now, just some of your own soul reflection and prayer. Where in your life are you waiting for something? And how might God be meeting you right where you are, right in your waiting? You might need to pray and say, God, I've been waiting, but I haven't asked you how you're meeting me in my waiting. Sometimes we need to ask God to show us how he's meeting us so that we can participate in that. And Let me ask you, whether you're on the north side of the street, whether you're online, whether you're here in this room. How might God be building your soul as you wait? Remember, waiting's not just about getting what you're waiting for. It's who you're becoming while you wait. How is God forming you into the image of Christ in the midst of your waiting? That maybe you can't be formed in the image of Christ in that particular area in any other way other than waiting. And as you wait, I want to encourage you to ask God to speak to you, to give you a word while you wait, a promise, a verse to you from Scripture, or to speak to you by the power of His Holy Spirit about your unique situation. It might just be simply that you know that God's with you, that He loves you, that He's at work for your good. It might be that the Holy Spirit's available to you. Jesus' promise, if you ask the Father, He'll give you the good gift of the Holy Spirit. You might just need to say, God, I need you to speak to me. And I'm counting not so much on my ability to hear you, I'm counting on your ability to speak. I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, to trust God And that he's working while we are waiting. Like Simeon who was waiting, God had already started the events of the first Christmas. Simeon didn't know about that. But 40 days later, their paths indeed would come together just like God promised that they would. For those of you, whether online, north side, or here on the south, Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been around church a long time. Maybe this is your very first time. Maybe you kind of are sporadic in and out, but you've never drawn a line in the sand, stepped over it and said, from this day forward, my allegiance, my faith, my devotion is not put in myself. It's not put in this world. It's put in Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to make that decision. Even in this moment, you don't have to wait for a candlelight service to give your life to Christ. You were created in the image of God. Male and female, He created us. You were endowed with dignity because you are created in the image of God. And yet sin entered the world. We all freely have participated in it in a variety of different ways. And the wages of sin is death. A spiritual death, an emotional death, a mental health death, a relational death, a separation of our relationship from God. And yet that same verse in Romans that I referenced goes on and says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You can't earn salvation, but you can receive it as a gift. By faith, we're told. Romans goes on and it says, those who believe in their heart that Christ is Lord and confess them with their mouth, they will be saved and you might say well my faith isn't very strong well the good news is you only need a little bit of a mustard seed of faith which is the smallest seed at that time in the ancient Near East your faith isn't about the strength of your faith it's about the strength of what you put your faith in and so you might join with me and just say God right now I'm placing my faith in Jesus Christ for the first time I'm saying yes thank you for coming thank you for going to the cross for dying paying for my sin i'm asking you to to take what christ did on the cross and apply it to my life save me i repent of my sin teach me how to follow you through your word the bible all the days of my life give me your holy spirit include me in your kingdom and if you said yes to god for the very first time you committed your life to christ for the very first time I want to welcome you to the family of God. Your next step is to be baptized. encourage you to let me or one of the other pastors know we'd love to give you a New Believers New Testament to encourage you in your decision. And lastly, those of you who are believers, I want to encourage you, wait well on God. Don't get cynical. Don't get jaded. And let me remind you, you don't wait alone. God is with us. And His people, the church, are with you as well. At Christmas, God is with us. And one day, He will resolve our waiting when He comes that second time to make all things new for those who trust in Him. And for that, God, we give You thanks. In Jesus' name, Amen.